He's got a beautiful backswing. That's, oh, he got all of that one. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. Lay up with an iron into the hazard. Well, that wasn't quite what I meant, you know. What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. What a treat we have in store for you today. Colby Powell, Sam Humphreys, Taylor Williams, Jim Woodward. We are all sitting here in the same room, in person, at the table. We had the hashtag end ALZ scramble today out at Oak Tree. Went out. Dropped some birdies, couple eagles, came in to record a little pod. What a day, boys. What a day. For a great cause, too, great right? Cause. Tyler Marks doing an awesome job with trying to end Alzheimer's and get people aware of the symptoms and, and different things that they can do um, to prevent this deadly disease. And, I mean, not only my grandpa, but I think Colby's grandpa as well suffered from the same disease. And um, I'm, I'm just ready for people to kind of be aware of it. And it's something that we, we always talk about cancer and we always talk about other diseases. It, Alzheimer's is something we haven't talked about. Yeah, it impacts people in a big, big way. Uh, yeah, my grandpa dealt with it some, and then my grandma especially on my dad's side dealt with it toward the end quite a bit. So uh, great cause. It was great to meet Tyler Marks today uh, and, and just go out and – Boys, we had a little success. Went, Let's start from the beginning. Let's do it. You guys met Woody today. <laughs> we did. We met Woody today before the round. <laughs> met Woody in the pro shop. Walked up to me, act like he met me my whole life. I never met him. I was like, who the hell is this guy? He still hadn't talked yet, but we're all together, right, Woody? I'm right here in person for a change. <laughs> I'm looking at all these guys. No, it was a, that was a great day. Great cause, and uh, we had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. So we, much fun. We didn't grind real hard, but we... Uh, you know, it was a got, collaborative you, effort. You we all hit good shots. You don't yeah, have to grind when you're chipping on every par four because Sam not, just drives it. Effort. Let's not bury the lead. Woody holes out on nine. Shot of the day. 90 yards. <laughs> shot of the day. Spun it back in the hole. Woody uh, had a little bit of left spin on it. Take us through back. that shot, yeah. Jim. Talk us through well, it. Conica Minolta swing vision. The most important thing that the listeners have to realize is, first off, I wouldn't have had a 90-yard shot if you hadn't hit it 380 off the tee. So that was helpful. <laughs> I really didn't know how to play that shot because I'd never been that close to the green after a tee shot. But you guys had already hit it in there three, four feet. So what did I have to lose? So I just thought I'd take me a little 54 degree and turn it down and hooked right in the hole. <laughs> it really did. We, we well, early called it, too, right? Oh, oh Sam early called yeah. it. Yeah, 10 feet from the hole and said it was in. I mean, Woody, you got to play from the senior tees today. What was that like? I, I You know what? I need to play more golf. That's what I told you guys because, uh, you know, we I didn't know I was going to get to do that. If I hadn't known oh, oh, Clint Stone was playing in front of me and I saw him up there, I said – how old do you have to be to play that team? And he goes, 65. And I said, I'm in. <laughs> I fell right in that category. So, and even with my 100-yard advantage, I still couldn't keep it up with Sam. Oh, we don't take all Sam's guys. Sam, I mean, the ball speed, the launch angle, the spin rate, all oh. of it is just, I mean, just the eye test. It passes the eye test. Yes. I appreciate so high it, launch. I mean, hey. carrying water hazards that I'm having to worry about hitting my second shot over, and he's just in his drive's plumb just well, right I mean, over. Whenever mine's like pretty much thoroughly on its way down back toward the earth, Sam's is still very much climbing into the atmosphere. <laughs> well, it's, guys, the driver is always there. But what I loved about today was I was kind of rolling the rock you a little bit. Rolling the rock. <laughs> Going first, too. I mean, we, we just could have sat in the cart most Woody of the time. Woody didn't putt until, like, number six. Didn't need to. Woody <laughs> didn't putt except on par threes, right? That's exciting. Woody no. only putted on par threes. That's it. That's never, wild. Never hit another putt. But That's wild. Three. But, guys, we won. 
We did. We did yeah. win. We well, did. We, we tied. We tied. We, we won the scorecard play. Oh, we did yeah. win the Do we even know how they did it? I don't know. Don't I, know. I would assume it's 18. We shot the same back nine score, so yeah. that's usually what the USGA does. Could have went number one handicap, which we birdied, which was number three, I believe. Um, but no, I don't know exactly. Number three is the number one handicap? That's what the scorecard said. Is I it really? Weird too. Yeah. Downwind, I misread it. Downwind par four? I drove it in the greenside bunker. I was going to say we were greenside bunker in one. <laughs> but that was a common trend today, though, Sam. It yeah. was. It I was. mean, you almost Guys. drove 10. You almost drove 16. He um, did drive was, 10. Well, we weren't on the green, but Can we, were we talk high. about how Colby is a completely different golfer now? Well, he's bragging he's Colby, one handicap. I thought he was just, you know, kind of I thought that was like a one handicap at the man. greens. Like, this is a legitimate one handicap now. And and every single time that Colby says that he has to go take care of the baby, that's complete BS. You're going <laughs> to the going range. To course. I'm telling you, it's the perfect balance. I think used to I would play too much, and I'd just get in my head, and I'd go grind, and I'd do all this stuff, and I'd have all these thoughts. Now, I just want to play once a week. I don't want to, I don't want to warm up for more than about 10 minutes. I want to do just enough to where my back doesn't hurt. And just go play golf. And, and then Woody, Woody tees boom. off and, and obviously has the great iron game, but you guys are like, damn, Woody, great shot. I'm like, guys, he was on the PGA Tour. Just because he's 65 <laughs> doesn't make him a hack. He's well, still knocking around a little bit. <laughs> it was still a stripe show, though. <laughs> Especially if we were inside about 120 yards, Woody. I mean, he was putting it tight. I yeah. mean, because he was going last. Sometimes we put shots in there six feet or so something Woody, like that. Like on number nine, and you just go ahead and hold it on. Woody, <laughs> you got it. From a teaching perspective, the question I always ask, Take us through each of our games. Ooh, that's Ooh, a good one. This is good. You know, and evaluate and for the <laughs> listeners. I was, uh, I wasn't paying that close of attention, but I was paying just enough attention that I can go through it. We'll, we'll start with you, Sam. But we'd already worked with your golf swing. Yeah, we got to have a lot more trust once we get on the golf course. That's you right. Go back to what mm-hmm. you have done your whole career, probably. If you're going to make the change, go ahead and go. Don't That's be afraid right. of it. Go ahead and make that change. But you'd always told me how bad a putter you were. I didn't even come close to seeing that today because I saw <laughs> a it. lot of great putts, okay? <laughs> Colby, never played golf with Colby before. And I'm thinking, okay, well, he, you know, he he's said the he radio guy. Handicap. Yeah, yeah. I said, well, I, I didn't know what to expect. Well, I'm sneaky, though, because I only weigh about 135 pounds. So I don't look like much walking out to the no, tee box. So what, were your, what was your gut reaction? So, well, the, the first couple of drives, he just stripes it and long. It and it. I said, for a little, little guy, that sound gun can move it out there, you know, because I was very impressed with his driver. As the day wore on, I think he was thinking too much about it because then he started losing them to the right. That's but right. He, he but his iron right game, the the fir- what was it the first hole or the second hole? On, we started on 18, number one. I mean, you stuffed it in there, what, like three feet? Yes. Oh, number one, yeah. Yes. Number one, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And let's just say this. A scramble starts the very first hole. What you really like to do is hit as close as you can so you don't really have to have a putt. We had about a 25-footer slider a little bit to the right. Colby. Colby made it. it. Yeah. Boom. Money. <laughs> I mean, right in the center of the hole. Took right. all the Boom. break. Right in the heart. So, I was, let's just say I was pleasantly surprised there. I appreciate that. Now, now my boy Taylor. Okay. Yep. T-Dub, I knew he could play golf when he was younger because I remember back in the days, all the high school times I read about him. First off, his golf swing is so simple. Yep. I was very impressed with his golf swing. The, the thing he was really struggling with today, he was trying to keep up with you. So his timing, That's a hard task. Yeah, you're not gonna. You, <laughs> but I, I tried chasing a long time. But on the podcast, I try to keep up with Tito. Well, and, 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 and on the radio, I try to keep up with Tito. Yeah, that's right. Well, and what's kind of scary is if, if you just swing within yourself, when you played your golf swing, you striped that driver. You hit that driver on a string, and you hit 
beautiful looking flight at iron shots i was to say that i was pleased today because i'd always made fun of it guys i don't want to get out of the cart really i just i don't have any interest in really working at this y'all didn't make me work at it It was very easy 17 under par i think what we need to tell our listeners is guys we're four pretty good golfers i'm gonna say we're not bad we played our fannies off today and shot 17 under so if you're playing in a scramble and somebody shoots 22, 23 <laughs> under, I want you to understand something. They cheated. <laughs> <laughs> Almost every time not the only, fail. Not only did we have four scratch golfers and we shot 17 under, we also each had two mulligans apiece. Right. That's right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, right. And, and one of, only one of them counted. I was we say, used we every single one on the par guys, threes. Yeah. Yeah. All, all of the par fours and par fives, we played perfect. It was the par threes that Always bit is. us in the ass. We played the, poor, we, we played the four par threes at one under. Yeah, and shot seventeen under, which means we played the other fourteen holes at sixteen under. Woody's dunking it on nine helps. Was pretty handy. Yeah, very helps. Yeah, and then we we eagled twelve into the wind too. Yeah, Taylor, right. Taylor hit a little five iron in there Ooh. about twenty feet. Sam buried it. Yeah. It was a great day. It was a great day on the golf course. Uh, that was so fun. We had the wind switch on us kind of at a weird time. We did. The storm yeah. came in and we we had a south wind for the first twelve holes or whatever. Then the last six we had a north wind. So it was yeah. we saw two different sides of the golf course today. But I yeah, thought the, part, the course was great by the way. Oh, the course was in great shape. I couldn't believe we got quite a bit of rain. Last night, for those who don't live in the Oklahoma City area, did it rain up here pretty good, Sam? Yeah, it poured. I mean, it poured in Oklahoma City, and I mean, it was not car path only. The well, course luckily it wasn't well. car path was... only because I wouldn't have played. Apparently, there was a group who was being overachievers in front of us, and they oh, thought yeah. they thought it was car path only all day. Yeah. So I think that caused a little bit of a backup. But uh, <laughs> hey, I, hey, I would rather you if it is not car path only to stay on it because that takes the course better than the opposite for sure. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. It was for a great cause. Hashtag end ALZ. Everybody check that out. Uh, Tyler Marks and his team did a great job putting it together. Absolute first-class hospitality. Uh, can't thank them enough for having us out here at Oak Tree for the hashtag end ALZ scramble uh, as everyone continues to work to fight Alzheimer's. Uh, great day. Uh, great day yesterday. Got to watch some great golf. Uh, tour championship. It kind of, I mean, I, I, I turned on the final round and I fully expected it to be an absolute snooze fest. I'm like, all Scotty's got to do is shoot 67 or 68, which on that golf course, I mean, nobody was shooting 59 out there, but a bunch of guys were shooting 66 and 67. All of a sudden, Scotty rips off a little 73, and we've got a golf tournament. Uh, the sixth hole, I think for me, is whenever I perked up and said, oh, we might need to pay attention. Scotty makes six on the par five after he dumps a chip shot into the bunker and can't get up and down. Rory makes about a 15-footer for, for birdie straight down the hill. And we're within a shot of each other with two-thirds of the round to go. And I'm like, hey, let's play some golf. Sungjae was in it. I, I was, you talk about pleasantly surprised. I was pleasantly surprised that we got an entertaining golf tournament and Scotty Scheffler didn't win by 10 shots. Well, it's funny because... You know, I was playing the Redneck Open this weekend, so I saw very <laughs> limited golf, but I saw what Shout I could. Out, and, and, and the six, and the, the par five you just mentioned, Colby, you don't say this very often. Maybe at Augusta when Scheffler chipped in on the third hole, you think, well, that was kind of the momentum swing. But generally, you don't have that on the front nine of big tournaments. But that's what happened here. Rory didn't hit that very good of a pitch shot in front of the green, ends up making a really good putt, and Scheffler makes bogey woody. I mean, I understand it was early in the round, but with the fact that Scheffler had a six-shot lead, that is where every single thing turned for me. I think one of the hardest things to do is play with a big lead. Especially start you, out the tournament. With yeah, what do you do? You, you, you know, you want to, do you protect 
or do you go and attack? Because if you attack and back up, then everybody goes, what were you thinking? If you protect and somebody comes and catches you, what were you thinking? But wasn't it ironic because when we did the 73rd hole show on the radio with Sam and Craig Humphreys, right. we actually, at the very end of it, we all thought Scotty Scheffler was going to win the golf tournament, but I did have to remind him there was one other time where a guy had a six-shot lead. Yep. And it's called the Masters. Greg and, Norman. <laughs> and he pissed that away really quick. So when when you think, is there any lead that's safe? No, not really. Not if the guy leading starts to crawl it a little bit and somebody comes on, kudos to those guys. Because it's not match play. I mean, two-shot no, swings. Right. No. Two-shot swings happen all the time. You're 100% right. And what's ironic about this golf tournament is on – Sunday morning when we were doing the podcast or doing the radio show, obviously we were talking about how great of a start Scotty Scheffler got off to after he finished the the rain delay was on number 12. He birdies 13, 15, 17, and 18 to end that third round. But how does he start the fourth round? He goes bogey on one, bogey on four, and bogey on six. And and the bogey on one... I think maybe is even a little bit underrated because Rory was in trouble, tried to play a flop. He was guaranteed to make five. And and Scotty, look, he was a long ways away. He was like 60 feet away. But he leaves it six, eight feet short, and then he just totally misreads the par try. And I think that that was big, too, because if Rory bogeys there and Scotty is able to make par, that just kind of lets him know, like, hey, you, you're not catching me, bud. But, Woody, we were talking about how it was great for Scotty Scheffler that he got to, you know, stop that round, go to sleep, and come back and got off to the, you know, great start of the day, but end of his third round. But do you think that it kind of caught up with him a little bit, the fact that Rory McIlroy got to just sleep in, play a normal round of golf, final round, and not have, you know, the tiring day that Scotty Scheffler had? Do you think that had anything to do with it? You know, there there's so many factors that go in, and we, we don't, we don't know that for sure, and I don't think Schiffler will ever use that as an excuse. But it does make a difference when if you come to the golf course and know you're just going to play 18, where Scotty's got to finish the round. The thing that tricked me is did, how did well Rory he have a couple it. left? I thought Rory had a couple left yesterday morning. Right, but he didn't have to play from 12. I, I'm not sure. No, okay, did, yeah. now, did he finish his round? I'm not sure how that no, was. No, I, I, right. I think Rory did had to play he, maybe like, like 16 or something like that. I think he had to play like maybe that. like three holes yesterday okay. morning. I, yeah. I think it was like three holes maybe. Okay, but it's not having to play, you know, an extra basically nine holes. Right, like and, and honestly, I wasn't even thinking about it and watching it that closely because I didn't think he was going to come back and win the golf tournament. That's right. And I then, mean, we were all uh, thinking about Shoffley. Right, so I think Rory Sunday morning probably went under the radar a little bit. And then next thing you know, he's hoisting the the trophy eight hours he, later. He did, and we talked about it today while we were playing golf. One of the one of the factors that really helped Rory was Shoffley bogeying one of the last holes where Rory got to play with Scheffler. Huge. If if mano a mano, when you're head to head like that, it is a big difference than if he's a group behind. I don't know why, but it is. It is a huge difference when you're watching that guy that you're trying to beat. And all of a sudden, he's pecking away at you and pecking away at you and pecking away at you. And then, boom, he goes right on by and wins the golf tournament. And T-Dub, I mean, what Roy McIlroy did was he gained 3.92 shots on the greens in the final round. What did you see from his putting? Well, it seemed like that he probably wasn't coming up on the ball as much as he was. Like we talked about the BMW, so he's getting a little bit more true role. He's actually second this week in strokes game putting. Second to John Rom. Who would ever thought that those two guys would lead a field right. of putting? Absolutely stellar. But let's just go to the last four holes, guys, because you talk about the putting. Rory made that huge putt, 31 feet, 8 inches on 15. And that was where Scheffler also made par. But then we even go to 16 now, 
and Scheffler ends up missing about an eight and a half footer for birdie, and or I'm sorry for par, and Rory makes his par putt, and that seemed what, what to be was Rory like seven feet probably about seven and a half feet. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then we come to the 18th hole, which is a par five, and we expect to see birdies and eagles there to win tournaments, and we have two fairly lackluster pars up there. Scheffler to make I mean, what a five footer or something that broke pretty good. Yeah, I mean, let's talk about that. I mean, all Scheffler has to do is put something up in front of the green, make a birdie. He ends up in the not green side bunker, but the bunker short of that. And then, you know, all he has to do is at least put it on the green to give himself a chance, and he can't even do that. I mean, sneaky, sneaky choke from Scotty Scheffler. And it's a weird situation because of the format because Scotty Scheffler was putting horrible all week. He wouldn't have been in contention to win the golf tournament if it, everyone would have started it even part. He missed a ton of eight-footers. I think Scotty Scheffler ended up finishing, like, 11th maybe in the gross scoring. Yeah, I mean, he um, lost two shots on the field putting for the yeah. week. There's well, only- Rory actually led gross scoring and won the tournament, which is – I, kind of rarities, like for one guy yeah. to lead in both, because normally, normally the guy who wins doesn't start at four under. Also, how about two of the last four weeks? Last week of the regular season, Tom Kim makes quad on the first hole, goes on to win the golf tournament. Rory makes triple on the first hole on Thursday, and then he bogeys two, so he's ten back with seventy-two to go, and he wins the golf tournament. It's it's just wild to see these guys make these huge numbers. I, I feel like that's something we almost never see, and to see it twice in a month, it just. It just feels weird to see guys making those huge numbers to start their tournament and coming back and winning. It's crazy. It, it really is crazy. And to, to Sam's point about how bad Scheffler's putting, of, a, of the 29-person field, there was only four players who putted worse than Scotty Scheffler, and he ended up finishing tied second, Woody. So, I mean, God. pretty crazy. The, the only people who putted worse were Brian Harmon, Patrick Cantley, Morikawa, and Corey Connors, who was, like, really bad this week putting. Yeah, he didn't play good at all. Connors didn't. And, and, and what, what Colby said is so spot on. I'm amazed at, at how the biggest numbers they can make and then how many birdies they can just rip off. I mean, it's just crazy how you think, well, he's done. and No, he's not because here he comes. And, and I just think that was the perfect storm again. Scheffler got off to a little bit rocky. Rory started making putts, a little bit here, a little bit there, and whoop, whoop, done. Well, and also for Scotty, he, he said yesterday after his round that the only – shot that he might like to have back from the day was the tee shot on 16. I mean, that that's normally what guys say. I actually thought the tee shot, it wasn't great, but the greenside bunker shot that Scotty hit on that hole, I mean, he had a great little approach to get himself into that bunker. That's about the most basic bunker shot on the course. I mean, it is on the upslope. He doesn't have a ton of green to carry. Just splash it out, and, and, it, and it runs up to a foot. And, guys, he just hit it too hard. I mean, that's a really substandard bunker shot for him to leave himself eight and a half feet in that situation. And yesterday, I want to say one thing. I tweeted about how I was doing a fantasy draft, and I said it's more entertaining than watching this tour championship. What I was talking about with that is the fact that you have a guy up near the lead like Scotty Scheffler. I hate this format where he's not playing his best golf, and he's near the lead. It doesn't set up for entertaining television to me where, obviously – you know, Roy McIlroy is making this charge, but then he's getting lucky at the same time, like smoking the pin on 16 or leaving the door open on 18. It wasn't like some, you know, legendary golf shots that we saw coming down the stretch. And I think what hurts that, I, I think it would have been better for the PGA Tour to have Roy McIlroy run away with the golf tournament, right? 
I don't know, because having them neck and neck on the back nine, because Scotty had the better season, right? And this, well, yeah. this yeah, is where you get better. into the what is the right format. And a lot of the players even said that in their press conferences this week, media availability. That's one thing I have to do for my, my job. I have to read transcripts of guys' press conferences that they do all week. And a bunch of the guys talked about how they don't love the format, but they don't have an idea for something better right. that rewards what you do throughout the regular season to give Scotty that advantage. I mean, guys, going into the playoffs, he was 1,200 FedEx Cup points ahead of the guy in second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, he dominated the regular season. So how do you balance that with a, a final season tournament? I, dude, I don't know. Give a, player, I, I, give a player the year bonus money, but still start the tour championship off at even that's what, they, just, that's what they did the last Tiger year, and people complained. They have to add... Excuse me, they have to add another tournament that does not make the Tour Championship the final one. Or if they do, like, for example, you said Scheffler has ho- how many ever points ahead. Give someone, if you're going to do the staggered scoring, give them so many strokes under par for how many points they have. So that way, if Scheffler has a much better year, he starts a tournament five or six shots ahead. If, if that's you, how you're going to do it. What if you started the playoffs and just kept, you know, adding on to your scores? Whoa. I don't know. That would be intense. I don't know. Because then I, you get, because then what you happens? You play four rounds, or, I mean, four tournaments. You know, I'll, I'll, give you the, I'll give you the number one reason you can't because a guy like Cam Smith has to WD with a hip injury and then how so do you, what? How well, do you I mean, keep your score moving forward? Well, they forward? still did it with Will Zalatoris. They just you know cut out his seven under. Oh, you're talking about in the starting score? No, yeah, I'm saying everyone starts at even par in Memphis and then by the time you get to the Tour Championship, it's all one giant tournament. See, but, I, but then does everybody in the field have to play all three is my question. Yeah. You have, I mean, you you're going to cut it off. It, it'd, be, it'd be a 12-round tournament. Well, because Cam, be. Cam only played the first one and the third one. So if everybody else plays in week two, then Cam's getting screwed because those guys all went 15 yeah, but he under got screwed anyways. Two. He got screwed anyways yeah, in no, this you're format. Right. You're right. right? right? And also, his hip was clearly bothering I mean, he started the same score Rory did, but he, he didn't have his stuff. His hip was bothering The best solution I heard to this, I think it was Trip Eisenhower on Golf Channel, said, start the Tour Championship on Wednesday, end it on Saturday, just have it like a regular FedEx event, and then have the top four in the FedEx Cup play match play on Sunday. Oh man, that would be sick. That, that, that's the that's the that best. Be that's intense. the best philosophy that I can come up with. That's different. I don't know. What do you, what, what do you, do you got think? Any thoughts, man? I tell you what, I'm mixed up big after listening to all this. I said, that was a lot to take in, wasn't it? Yeah. I'll tell you what, I got a thought. Move on. We, yeah. we just threw 14 different things at Woody and said, yeah, what yeah, are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, but, but but move on. Thing. Isn't the point of this conversation, though, from especially when the players saying it, that this staggered scoring has to change or something has to be different because there's too many people that disagree with it. But, but guys, I don't think it's going what to change. What else are you going to do? And because, like I, again... Well, we just, the stuff we just said. But, but like we talked to Preston about, who's the casual golf fan, Preston Poole, who's our great producer for our radio show... He's like, if it was any other format, I wouldn't know what's going on. Yeah, and, and that's why they went away from it, because people were getting so confused. And you have to remember, the last year of the previous system was the Tiger year. Yeah. So guess who was watching on Sunday in 2018? Every single casual golf fan on the planet. <laughs> and they're and like, they wait, all, how did Rory win? They all win? tuned in, <laughs> and they're like... Wait, so Tiger won, but Tiger didn't win? Yeah. What happened? Did he win? Did he not win? Yeah. And that day, every casual fan watched, and the tour went, oh, hell, people are confused. Start them at 10 under. Yeah. And now that's it's where we're at. It. It's ruined the tour Now that's where we're at. Uh, you know where you need to be at? 
Ring Family Dentistry. Ring Family Dentistry goes out of their way to ensure all treatment is as comfortable as possible. Leading edge technology, delivering same-day crowns for more than 20 years. Implants, clear liner, orthodontics, they do it all. All decisions are made by the patient. Their philosophy is the patients in their office should only have done what they absolutely need. If they can't show why treatment is needed, they will not prescribe it. They explain their opinion, answer any questions, and ultimately leave all decisions to speaking, the patient. Speaking of ad reads. Yep. This morning... I can't remember which one of you texted it in the group text, but you asked, is there going to be breakfast at the golf tournament this morning? We've only been reading it on an ad for over three months. It was me. In my my defense, I'm a little scatterbrained these days, boys. I've had to start, like, actually putting stuff in a calendar in my phone, keeping stuff up. You know, you, you start getting a little less sleep every night. You start being a little bit busier, a little more things to do in the days. I have been so scatterbrained lately. I mean, it'll be like two days after I'm supposed to do something. I just remembered at this very moment. It is, uh, we are recording this. It is 3.30 on a Monday. Mm-hmm. I just remembered that I accidentally scheduled a haircut for today at noon, and I forgot to call him and cancel. Wow. <laughs> that was three and a half hours ago. Well, life comes so, at you fast, man. I guess I'll be uh, hopping on the phone whenever we record the I pod. I mean, you here. really need a haircut, Colby. I mean, gosh dang. Oh, I know. I well, mean, the, main, the main reason, fellas, is because I'm getting old. And I turned 30 years old on Friday. Woo! 30-30. This Friday. <laughs> yeah, that ain't old. <laughs> <laughs> not, you're not up to the senior <laughs> keys yet, Colby. Are you, are you going to let me move up a T-box, Woody? <laughs> no. No? No, but that ain't old. No, no. 30's not old. No, it's uh, no. I feel, I feel good coming up on 30. Guys, speaking of age, one more thing I wanted to bring up from the Tour Championship. I didn't realize, guys, that Sung J.M. is already 24 years old. And when we talk about him having to do the military service... Um, you have to start it by the time you're 28 and finish it by the time you're 30. That's coming up, and he hasn't done it yet. How ridiculous is it if they make Sung J.M., who just finished second in the FedEx Cup, go do you, the military sh- service know, for South Korea? You know what I think Korea? he's hoping for? What? I think he's hoping that uh, he can medal at the next Olympics. Yeah. Because if, if he medals at the but, Olympics, but he, then it's not required. Why is the Olympics so, so much more important than That's like a, a Masters or a Major or I, a I FedEx Cup or whatever? I, I mean, he just medaled in the FedEx Cup. I would think if he won a major, I would think that would probably be enough. Just my opinion. I have absolutely no idea about this. Oh, yeah. But I had a person ask me about him and I know and zero about, about Korean culture. Right. Zero. I don't know so. either. But what I, had, I did have someone ask me about him and Liv, and I said, well, he has no leverage as far as, you know, he's going to have to miss two years coming up. He, he could be on the phone getting the call as we speak that he has to go. I mean, it can yeah. happen at any time. Yeah. It's a very odd situation. And by the way, it looked like for just a hot second that he might sneak up and win that golf tournament yesterday. He ends up only one how, shot back. How oh, crazy would that have been? Also, and, and he didn't birdie 18 either. I mean, yeah, I know. clearly the pressure was getting to those guys late. Sanjay's tee shot did not reach the downslope on 18. Yeah. I mean, I watched, I watched that tournament for four days. I think that's the only tee shot I saw that didn't reach the downslope. Would, would Where do I find her? Do you have any other disappointments <laughs> or surprises from the uh, Tour Championship? Oh, I, I thought Scheffler was the biggest disappointment. Right. Even I, more than I, Cantlay? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because Scotty looked like he it, – it was his golf tournament. Yep. And and I'm sure not that he's kicking himself, but he's he probably had a rough night's sleep. I, I think he's kicking uh, himself. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Because, that was worth a lot of money. It well, was. and, you know, we talk about the money is big. It is big. But I think just – to end your year with that it's a kind bad taste of, in your mouth. Yeah, no it's like kidding. making a double on eighteen yeah. in, a, in just it one just, round. It just it just 
puts water all over you. And, and the year he had was so phenomenal. Yep. I don't want to beat him up because he still had the greatest year of anybody out there. So, Because people remember the four wins. Yeah. What people don't remember are all the other high finishes he had. Oh, I mean, man. he had a bunch right. of other high finishes outside of just he, his yeah, four wins. And, and yeah. the last seven weeks, Woody, and, and this week, I mean, so the last eight weeks, including the Tour Championship, he has now lost shots on the field putting in six out of the last eight. He's a hunt. Surprising. Do you see him doing anything different? I know you talked about it a little bit on the radio show. Uh, you know, I mean, I've watched these guys putt, and they're so good. When they get it going a little bit off, I'll be darned if I can see it. Yeah. I, you know, I'm not Dave Stockner, Brad Faxon, one of those gurus. Right. And looking at it from television, I don't – I don't really see anything different. I mean, we were talking about Will Zalatoris. I can see where Will Zalatoris hits the ball so far <laughs> yeah. on the toe that it, when you're towing a putt, is bad as My wife as can see what Will Zalatoris yeah. is doing. Yeah. Right. I mean, you see that thing moving around, looping around like a you know a, a boomerang out mm-hmm. there. But where we talked today, he can move that putter around like that if he could just find the middle of the putter face. Right. <laughs> but he doesn't. And, yeah. and when you don't hit a putt solid, We've all been there. Mm-hmm. It just—it's not the same. You got to roll the golf ball, and to roll the golf ball, it must be hit solid. Yeah, and so Scotty, statistically, it's from four to eight feet. Scotty ranks roughly 180th on tour right. from wow. four to eight feet. And again, this is a guy who won four times, including a major. He was ahead by 1,200 points going into the playoffs. He had an unbelievable year, and from four to eight feet, relative to his peers on the tour. He just didn't have a very good putting season, and that's it's wild to think about how good he had to have been in other areas to overcome poor putting mm-hmm. on some of those like five six footers that you just have to make. All right, guys, I got to ask you all this question. So currently, right now in the official world golf ranking, Scheffler's about one point three points ahead of Cameron Smith, who's number two, which is a decent amount of points for perspective. That's the difference between Cam Smith and roughly Shoffley, who's in fifth. So we saw this from John Rom last year; played phenomenal towards the end, had a great year. But Scheffler had a better year this year than Rom did. Is what we saw from Sheffield this year, is it is it something that's going to last? Is he going to have – I mean, obviously, I don't think it'll be as magical, but is he going to be someone that we look back on next year from now and he's still number one in the world with a pretty big lead? Or is he going to fall down, like, for example, Rom's in six now. Is he going to fall door, towards down there and have kind of an off year? What yeah, do I don't know Woody? that he falls that far. What do, what do you think, Woody? I don't know because I, I, I think one of the things, guys, whether we like it or not, we're all excited that golfers are going to be making a lot more money, which I think they should. They, they should be, be being paid more than what they're being paid if you look at all the other sports. But having said that, we all got spoiled watching Tiger. He was the only guy I know that could be a billionaire and still be focused and still <laughs> grind and still work. I don't know about you guys, but I think a lot of people, human nature-wise, if I've got $50, 100000000 dollars in the bank and I've got a new family – which all these guys, these are young kids growing up that they're going to be raising. They want to spend more time at home. That's one of the arguments about live. I don't believe that. I think it was all about money. But I think almost it's impossible for guys to keep every year to play at the same high level. I just don't. Right. I just yeah. don't see and, it's and, we, and we mentioned Rom. He and his wife just had their second kid a few right. weeks ago. It changes. Know? Colby, you know. Has your life changed since you had Layla? I am so much busier. I think it's the same. I am so much busier. It's, I, I didn't even realize. He doesn't take care of her. He goes to the range. That's exactly like, what he like, does. I, I knew I had free time before having a kid. 
I didn't realize how much free time I had. Exactly. Because now right. I never have free time. It's one day, I don't remember what the occasion was. I dropped the uh, baby off early at my mom's. It was like two months ago. I think me and my wife were doing something that night. But then I went home because I was already out and I had like two hours to kill that afternoon and I didn't have the baby. And I went home and I was just like in the house and I, I got the dogs in and I was just standing there and I was like, what am I supposed to do for the next two hours? I mean, I mean two hours felt like 10 hours because I just finally had time. time. And, and you're right, Woody, to match that with doing all of the preparation that's needed to be the number one golfer on the face of the earth. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tall task. Now, let's look at this question analytically. So in 2021, Scotty Scheffler had 29 starts, 14 top 20s, three top fives, and zero wins. In 2022, he had 26 starts, 17 top 20s, 11 top fives, and four wins. 11 top fives and four wins, guys, is a really, really hard pace to keep. And if we look at the analytics, the putting's about the same. Around the green is about the same. Off the tee is generally the same. He was actually a little worse this year off the tee than he was last year. But he gained over half a shot uh, strokes gained approach from what he was last year. So if he can continue to hit the iron solid, because I think that's the number one stat in all of golf. We see it week in, week out, a strokes gained approach. If he averages, you know, like this year, he averaged .98 strokes gained approach on the year. That's amazing for an entire season, gaining a full shot on the field with your irons per tournament. If he continues that, yes, but that's a really, really hard pace to keep up with. And the 11 top fives and four wins – there's a lot of luck factored into that as well. Well, and, and just for clarification's sake, on the analytics website, like I mentioned, Scheffler was one, Cam Smith was two. Cam Smith's all the way down at seven in the rankings, and Scheffler's actually third. He's just only one one analytic point ahead of Xander Shoffley. Got Rory and Cantley who are both ahead of him. Rory's way ahead of all of them. The analytics clearly say Rory's the best player in the game right now. Rory led the PGA Tour in total strokes gained this year. Last year it was Ron. This year it was Rory. Rory was the only player uh, on the tour this year to have a sub was it sub-69 or sub-68 scoring average? I thought I might have taken a picture. Maybe I didn't. Um, Rory also, now with his win yesterday, he's 22 for 220 in his career. That's a 10% winning clip over the last 12, 14 years in what's arguably the most competitive era of golf that we've ever seen. To win at a 10% clip is pretty crazy. Uh, also, just for reference, that's in 220 events. After 230 events, uh, Tiger was winning 26.5% of the time. It's just, God. it's like you said earlier, Woody. He totally distorted how we view greatness for everyone else because we compare people now to an unrealistic bar. But 10% is, is ridiculously high. So, Woody, let me ask you this. If you're Rory McIlroy, are you disappointed with the 16 top 20s, 8 top 5s, and 3 wins if you didn't get a major? Yes. If I'm Rory McIlroy, I'm, I'm, if I'm him as good as he is, not winning a major would be a – that's a bad year. I, I, think he'll, I think he'll look back at the end of the year and he'll say, unbelievable season, it was great. Man, I should have either had that one at Southern or at St. Andrews. Well, the well, one at St. Andrews really hurt just given the circumstances. Yes. That's what I was going to say. I mean, it, I can understand. Like, you maybe just don't play good in the major, so be it. But the fact that he was so close and so many. I mean, he was fifth at the U.S. Open. He realistically had a chance to maybe backdoor that one. He obviously backdoored at the Gusts. Never really was in it, but still finished second. 
But, yeah, everyone's going to focus on the open. But I really think he had a legit chance at Southern Hills. Leading after no, the first round? That's why I say at Southern Hills. I mean, he goes out and gets that first round. Obviously, the open is going to hurt worse. It was at St. Andrews. It was a, a four-shot lead over Cam going into the final Tiger round. Tiger was there. you know. Tiger was there. Yeah, home golf, all that stuff. That one's going to hurt more. But, guys, when we were at Southern Hills and Rory goes out and shoots, what was it, 67 on day one? 500, yeah. I, I mean, we're all sitting around going, okay, it's finally time. It's finally time for Rory to do it. He's going to do it in Tulsa. And it comes apart again. Look, again, he had an unbelievable year. He, he led the tour in strokes gained, all that stuff. I, I still don't think that Rory ends his career with four majors. I think he's just too good. Also, But he just needs one of those days. You know what he needs? He needs to have a day in a major where a chip that's going too fast hits a flag stick. You, you right. just Sometimes you need those things to go right to win golf tournaments. Yes, yes, and that was very lucky yesterday given the circumstance, circumstances. However, I think that Rory McIlroy is one of those guys that – doesn't play with the lead as well as he should, considering he is the best player in the game. And and I think that that's an unquestioned, no doubt about it, because, like, look at all the majors, and then look at yesterday. Even it, It's kind of like a backdoor win. I mean, he's six shots back, he just freewheels it, and all of a sudden he's just put in that situation, right? And every single time, even though Rory is known for, you know, the runaway major victories that he has had, but that's been a decade, guys, almost. And so... Recently, in the past, especially five years, Rory McIlroy, every time he gets a lead in a big tournament, he crumbles. Yeah, I mean, he definitely plays different from out front than he does whenever he's chasing. And that's just, I mean, it's a mental thing. He, he gets out front and he clearly feels like, okay, this is yours, just don't mess it up. And when he's behind, he just goes out and plays golf. So I just feel like, I, I don't think he ends his career with four majors. Uh, the, the ones this year are going to hurt. Um but I, I still think he gets some more. He's, he's too good not to. Well, I, I think for Rory, too, I think he's going to learn from St. Andrews from the sense of, we can all agree, he felt like he probably played a little too safe in a lot of areas, right? Yes. Where he was kind of said, hey, come chase me or come beat me while Cam Smith came out and beat your ass. Yep. You know, that's what happens. Yep. So I think he's going to learn that going forward. The biggest question for Rory is, can he win at Augusta? Because even if he just gets one more major, let's just say it's randomly PGA Championship or something, that's not going to hold anywhere close to the amount of ground it would be if he won the career grand slam. Yep. And I feel like he's a good enough player to be in that echelon of only five other players to do it. So, like we talk about, is Rory going to win another major? That's obviously the biggest thing. But Augusta is head over shoulders by far a lot more important than the other three for Rory at this point. Yeah, and it, and it seems like he's there every year, but it feels like he's backdooring it a lot at Augusta. I mean, this year was the 64. It was a backdoor 64 for a backdoor second. He did say that that is kind of what spurred his game on, and I showed Taylor this stat earlier. This is, this is mind-blowing to me. Rory McIlroy, through the Masters, ranked 208th out of 209 qualified players in proximity to the hole from 50 to 125 yards. The rest of the season, from that point on, he ranked first. He went from 208th for the first half of the season to first the been, second half of the season. How does that happen? We've been saying that all Rory's career. Yeah. He just learned how to hit a wedge, yeah. and apparently may, may, he did. It might not have been proximity. Maybe it was strokes gained because that factors in rough and stuff. But I, I saw that stat earlier today, and it absolutely blew my mind that you could just flip a switch midseason on something like wedges. That's something he's never been good at. Something he's never been. You, but we saw it in Canada when he started taking spinoff and hitting those little dead-handed pitching wedges, you know, taking one more club and taking the spinoff. People have been telling him to do that for years, and apparently it clicked about mid-April. Yeah. Yeah. So I, That's what I was going to tell you. I mean, as talented as they are, yes, they can flip a switch. Yeah. There's a way to hit a wedge. He was hitting it wrong. He was. For his whole career. And finally. He was hitting them 110%. Finally, maybe the light went off. I don't know what it was. But I'll tell you another horrible wedge player in his early years, Jack Nicklaus. Really? Terrible wedge player. 
absolutely terrible wedge player. Went to Phil Rogers. Phil Rogers taught him how to hit what we call the dead shot or a little bit of a, a little hooking type of golf shot because Nicholas was always so hard, so steep. And tell and me if I'm wrong, fades. but he wasn't a very good chipper either. No, he was not a good chipper, and he had to shallow out his chipping also. So can you can you flip a switch? Yeah, when you're one of the best players in the world, you'd be amazed how many switches they got. Yeah. And they know when to flip them. And it it took him probably to be so frustrated when he – he I'm sure he had somebody tell him that stat. When you told me that stat, I'm sitting there going, you're kidding me. Yeah. yeah. Think of another guy that changed a few years back, Dustin Johnson, mm-hmm. was a terrible wedge player. Yep. He and Butch Harmon got a track man out. And guess what they did? They just hit wedges over and over and over and over again. Butch taught him how to flight the golf ball. And what, it, do, what do Dustin Johnson and Rory McIlroy have in common? They're both two of the greatest drivers of the golf ball of all doubt. time. So, so they can overpower course. So they've got more wedges in yeah. than anybody. anybody's ever had in. And that's why I yeah. feel like Rory should blow away fields like Dustin Johnson was back in 2020 and 2019. Yeah. Especially now yeah. that Rory can putt. Yeah. Rory's been. Br- I mean, are you kidding me with the putter? Yeah. If Rory putts like that, it's uh, it's tough. Yeah. It's it's tough to beat. Uh, yeah. Seventeen under over four days for Rory was the gross. Played his last seventy holes, obviously at twenty one under after the bad start. Uh, glad everybody's with us today on the seventy third hole. We're having a great day up here at the end ALZ scramble up here at Oak Tree End Alzheimer's. Check them out. We appreciate them. Uh, Tyler Marks, his crew, having us out uh, and treating us well here at Oak Tree. Why don't we take a break? Come back on the other side. Who's going? Who's staying? All the conversation in the world of golf. Uh, We'll break it all down. Next, stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McRae Roofing. McRae Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McRae and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs. McRae Roofing uses only top quality materials and professional crews to make sure that each job is done right so it will give you the years of service, security, and protection you need from the unpredictable Oklahoma weather. McRae Roofing offers residential and commercial roofing, ventilation services, and custom copper designs. McRae Roofing is dedicated to exceeding the homeowner's expectations. It's not just a roof. It is your home's crowning glory. Call McRae Roofing today at 405-692-4000. That's 405-692-4000. Make sure to also visit their website at McRaeRoofing.com. That's M-C-R-A-Y Roofing.com. Don't get caught with a leaking roof. Contact McRae Roofing for your free inspection today. Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over, everyone head over to GolfOklahoma.org. Check it out. Covering golf in this state better than anyone else. OU, OSU. Fall season's getting underway. GolfOklahoma.org. You can follow us on Twitter at the 73rd hole. Instagram, 73rd hole. One of the things happening in the state of Oklahoma was this past weekend. It was the Oklahoma Open at this very golf course that we were at today. Oak Tree East here in Edmond, Oklahoma. Uh, us as a 14 scramble in the Oklahoma Open. I think next year we need to try to <laughs> enter as a four-person team. We would have dominated. So, what, we shoot 53 today? Uh, oh, 53 yeah. today. Now, we they didn't have the tip. We weren't playing the tips. No. So, you figure you add on maybe three or four shots for the, the tips. We shoot 56 I or six, 57. 
I think we I'll, still shoot around what we shot. Probably. And none of our of, mulli- only one of our mulligans counted, too. I mean, so. in, instead of chipping on all those par fours, we'd have been throwing wedges in from 70 yards. We're still making birdie <laughs> from 70 yards. You think we get mulligans Oklahoma Open? That's a great question. If you pay. <laughs> we pay Mark Felder, like, 20 bucks at the start? Yeah, Mark will, Mark will hook it up. <laughs> Mark will hook it up. All right, Let's talk won? about the Oklahoma Open, by the way, because it was an insane finish. Preston Stanley from Katy, Texas, had a one-shot lead, headed into 17 guys, and finishes double bogey triple bogey Yikes. to finish the tournament and finishes at 11 under. Chandler, that, I'm, I'm assuming that's a water ball on 17, OB on 18. I'm not exactly sure how he did it, but I've seen it done many times, and what happens is water on 17, snap hook OB on 18. It's so I would not assume that's what happens. Done. Not easy golf holes. No. So Chandler Phillips from Huntsville, Texas, uh, finishes at 15 under, wins the golf tournament, so he is your Oklahoma Open champion. 65. From, from Texas? Where are all the Oklahoma guys at? And, and Christian, the Oklahoma Open. Christian Jalomo uh, shot 12 under. He finished second uh, from Richmond, Texas. So a bunch of Texas guys up there. There was a former Oklahoma State Cowboy, Trent White Killer from Fort Smith, Arkansas, who finished tied for third with Preston Stanley. Um, but heck of a three days from Chandler Phillips, obviously caught a little bit of a break on uh, the final day. But, he, I mean, he still shot 65, 63, 67, T-Dub. Yeah, and I know Preston Stanley met him up at uh, the APT at Indian Spree. Such a great guy. It sucks to see a finish like that. I mean, it really is. But he's a great player. He was one of the guys we talked about. He Monday qualified in the John Deere, so this won't be the last we hear from him. You mentioned Trent Whitekiller. He, he played really good, too. Finished uh, tied third. But yeah, 15. How about Trent Whitekiller playing the two most prestigious tournaments in the state this summer, the Oklahoma Open and the Washtenaw Valley? Yeah, how about that? <laughs> so so I played with Trent Whitekiller and Griffin Locke in the Washtenaw Valley, and Griffin Locke finished tied fifth, too. So I guess I was playing wow. with some pretty good players. So when I was getting my ass kicked up, down the course, I probably shouldn't have felt too bad about it. Um, but yeah, Chandler Phillips 15 under. I mean, 65, 63, 67. Obviously, I haven't played this tournament about two or three years, but generally they set the course pretty easy up the first day. Gives you some scoring conditions, maybe a little bit the second day, but generally the, the final round's pretty damn tough, Woody. And, and 67 to go out there and close the lead. White Killer shot 64, probably the best round of the day, but 67 to go out there and solidify the win, Woody. Pretty, pretty good stuff. You always hate to hear about a guy that, you know, blows a lead. I, I, I you know, I just, I guess I'm not enough of a sadistic kind of guy. I just right. I hate watching somebody you know crater. Um, I'd rather watch somebody come out and beat them. But <clears throat> you know, kudos to the gentleman that that shoots the three under and uh, plays really solid rounds of 63. He shoots second round, uh, probably what wins the golf tournament for him. But I think the reason why all those Texans are up here is because our Oklahoma opens opened and to whoever wants yeah. to yeah. play, yeah. it's an open. Right, <clears throat> Texas. For a lot of years, I don't know if it's changed, I, but the Texas Open was just for Texans. Really? I'm not you sure about not, it now. Woody, yeah, I didn't know. But it used to be you couldn't go down and play the Texas Open unless you were a resident of Texas. Right. Hmm. I know so, that the Arkansas Open, the Colorado Open are just like the Oklahoma Open. Yeah, they're yes. open. Yeah. I did, oh, right. I, I, and those I are good tournaments, those. too. Right. Yeah, they're great golf tournaments. Uh, um, That's right. Where did Cody finish at, by the way? I saw I saw he shot like 69 in the first round. So, Cody Burrows, friend of the show. Cody Burrows, he Darsh finished. Man. Yeah, the Darshmas. He finished down tied 40th. I heard he had, I believe, 12 three-putts in three rounds. Whoa! That seems like a lot. It wow. does. Yeah. It, all, like it was either. At least he played three rounds. I think it was the second round, hit every green and shot 68. Oh, boy. Wow. Cody, text the show. Tell us what happened with the putter. We got putting <laughs> lesson for you. What, yeah. Me, Sam, Woody, and Colby will help you out. Yeah. The, the key is to put me. last in the scramble. Yeah, I'll give you a putting and, lesson. And, and, and then, Cody, <laughs> then Cody, give us a ball striking lesson. We'll be good. Uh, no, 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 but doubt. guys, uh, coming back to uh, the top 10 of 
uh, names that you might recognize. Gage Irig from Goodland, Kansas. He played a lot on the Oklahoma Junior Golf Tour. He finishes tied for eighth with Joshua Creel. Josh Creel, obviously, really cool that him and Rian um, and Logan McAllister, these pros, came back uh, and played in their state open. I Love think that, that that means a lot to the OGA, right, Woody? Oh, for sure. It means it's a lot big. to the OGA, and I would imagine to the other competitors, too. I mean, you go out there, and I mean, obviously, these guys are tour pros. That doesn't mean they're going to come out and shoot 62 every round. Golf's hard. And it's it's nice for these other guys to kind of measure their games against uh, some some touring pros. So, and to be yeah. fair, I mean, they were they were having fun out there, Woody. I mean, oh, they yeah, were that's, drinking beer, having, you know, the music on. I mean, it was cool. Oh, yeah. They, I, I, don't I don't think, think they were in full grind mode, though. No. I, I did hear uh, Jim Kamey told him something uh, when we are talking about the Oklahoma Open. Felder retired. Really? He, yeah, I saw I him out there. Was this his final tournament, this one? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. 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 What a what career. What a career. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, wow. so well done, sir. Uh, yeah, well done to him for uh, putting in the time and the effort to uh, be a part of the OGA for as long as I can remember. So it'll be interesting to see um, who takes yeah. over that who position. Takes yeah. spot and, and, no and, uh, and how they – I'm sure they're going to go a different direction, even though Mark, I thought, did a great job. But uh, they'll – I always love – not that I wanted Mark to retire. Please don't get me wrong. But it, when you get new blood in, it, it's exciting. Yeah. yeah, it's exciting. It's like anything you do in any work. If you do it year after year after year, you kind of have a little burnout. I don't care who you are. So, um, kudos to him that I hope he retires and has a lot of fun. Yeah, he needs to. And uh, the new guy coming in or new gal, I don't know. It might be a woman. Who knows? In this world we live in now, um, I hope they pick up the 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 saber and just move forward in a big way. Yep. No doubt. No and doubt about it. Those guys. Like him and Maury Rose, I mean, all those guys Legends. that run golf Game tournaments, changers. we wouldn't be where we are today playing junior golf or, you know, OGA amateur golf or even professional golf with the Oklahoma Open. We wouldn't be there, you know, without those guys. And those guys don't get a lot of credit there as much as they deserve, right? Yep, it, it's a largely thankless job, and they do a great job for the Oklahoma golf community. So, a uh, big shout-out to those guys and a great career for Mark Felder. Everybody head over to GrooveItBrush.com, our good friends at Groove it Brush. Uh, quite possibly the finest golf club cleaner ever made. GrooveItBrush.com. They are back in stock. They are shipping now. Use our promo code 73rd hole for 10% off. Water goes directly in the brush. Magnets to your bag. You have never had cleaner clubs. You've never hit straight shots you've never made more birdies grooveitbrush.com promo code 73rd hole all right gentlemen there was uh, before we get to live that's what we're gonna close the show with there was a situation at corn Ferry pre-qualifying the way it works there's pre-qualifying if you've never made a cut in a, in a fully exempt uh tour event so then you go through the pre-queue that gets you to the queue and in the pre-queue Apparently, Taylor, there was a gentleman of some... How many pre-queues are there? Are there a bunch? Just Just one? Or or, or, how many sites are there? Or or just how many stages are there? That's what I'm saying. How many sites? There's a decent amount of sites. The one from this story took place in Nebraska. Like like Romo played in a pre-queue. He didn't make it through. Shocker. Um, But yeah, apparently there was a gentleman of some... The Cowboys can never play under pressure. Let's call (laughs) it... (laughs) Colby ignored me. Let's call it some questionable... Some questionable... Uh, character from this gentleman in the Corn Ferry pre-queue, Tyler. Guys, this is some of the craziest shit I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. This, this, this is absolutely unbelievable. So, so I, I'm going to try to, for anyone, if y'all, if I somehow miss a part of this story, please let me know because there are so many layers to this thing. It's unbelievable. So, the three gentlemen in this in this group are named Matt Moraz, Andrew Nee, and Grant Haif, Haifner, something like that. So, essentially what had happened was the story starts off with 
the the PJ Tour Q, they've already gone out and they're going to follow this group because they had word that the uh, Moraz guy had been doing some questionable behavior. The questionable behavior had been him walking way in front of his group way too many times. So the story starts getting interesting on about the sixth hole of the final round, and um, Moraz is in a fairway bunker, and he it's a blind it's a blind shot to the green. And he hits a shot, and he, he even apparently admits that he just bladed the hell out of this, right? It, there's no way that you're going to be able to do anything really productive with that ball. Well, the other two guys are in the fairway. Well, Moraz walks all the way up to the green before these guys even hit. By the time the guys get up to the green, Moraz says it's it's in the hole. He made it. Made an eagle. And no one, no one sees him pick him up out of the hole. Hell of a shot. Hell of a shot. Apparently, somehow... Unbelievable shot, some might say. (laughs) And what's crazy is somehow the caddy just miraculously has a video of them like celebrating on the green that he did it. Doesn't have video of him picking out of the hole, but it's video of him just celebrating. And so that's really weird. So then get, I believe it's the next one, maybe two holes later. Moraz hooks. It's a very narrow hole. Trouble left, trouble right. Moraz hooks it left, about two or three hops into the hazard. And there's a spotter out there. Spotter puts puts a flag down to say where the ball crossed at, and it's just right there. Well, one of the other guys in the group hits it in the hazard to the right. So the spotter goes over there to help look for that ball. Well, by the time they're still over there looking for it, Moraz goes up, and apparently his he claims that his ball was another 30 yards ahead outside of the hazard. And it was just in the rough. He hits it up on the green, makes an easy putt. But, but he doesn't go hit the ball that was in the hazard. Well, all this stuff transpires, guys, and the, the guy who's predominantly per, – probably did all this cheating, ends up being right on the cut line to make it to the next stage, like right on it. So they get done, and they do this this big kind of rules meeting. Well, the marshal goes out to where the flag was in the in the fairway <laughs> and finds the ball that he's using. <laughs> it is literally a Titleist 12, right, Woody, with, with some purple markings on it? A 12. Titleist no 12. one else is going to play that damn ball. Not a yeah. three that everybody else is using. No. A 12. If you're going to cheat... You can't be stupid enough to use a 12. That's what well, I said. If you're going to you got to play a Titleist 3. Not that any of us would do that. And uh, apparently, guys, so what had happened was we get done in this ruling, and he tried to say that his ball was from a practice round. Yeah, right. I mean, the odds oh of that are so damn slim. An inch away it, from the flag that the marshal placed yeah, out. Yeah, you're just so consistent, right? They just keep hitting it <laughs> in that right spot. So the guy ends up getting DQ'd when it's all said and done. It probably ended up being the right thing. But what's funny about it is, this guy claims to have made 32 holes in one in his entire life with seven of them <laughs> on par fours. Seven on par Seven par, holes in one on, on par, par fours. Par Woody, how many hole in ones you got in your life? I've had 13, and they're all on par threes. <laughs> 13, and this is a former touring pro. Uh, it, yeah. yeah, and uh, yeah, this, this guy where, where I love – Colby in this show because he is so politically correct. Did you hear I introduced this guy before you started? Almost like this guy was a pretty decent guy. No, this is a sorry sack of shit. This is a cheating, no good convict. And this guy should never be allowed to play in any golf terms. He shouldn't even be allowed on a golf course. I mean, guys, I totally agree. He almost You're took, right on the keep, money. Keep going, Taylor. He almost took somebody's spot. He oh, almost did. Yeah. And apparently there was guys who were right on the cut line who ended up driving driving back or on their way home getting phone calls that they were in. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good that that happened. But, I mean, I, mean, I understand it would be hard to get a screening process to do this. But how does this not get caught at some point before this Were point? his playing competitors in on it? 
No, that, no, the uh, the kid, the guy was walking so far so ahead, far ahead of, yeah. ahead that he couldn't do it, yeah. and he had to be so sneaky about it. And what's what's great about it is, so um, the the story came out from uh, Monday Q on uh, on Twitter, who works for uh, Fire Pit uh, Collective now, and said that he interviewed. So from all the hole in ones that the guys made, he interviewed three guys who had played with him, who who were in his group. We met hole in ones. None of the three ever saw a ball go in the hole. They were all on blind tee shots. <laughs> Shocker. Shocker. All blind tee shots. All on blind tee shots, sprint to the green and see where it's at. Yep. It's in the hole. So, so you know that how many of those hole ones? I'd say, what, 80% of them are probably fake, Woody? Well, I'll I, say this, too. I would say 100% are fake. <laughs> yeah, I would totally say 100% agree. are fake. Um, this is the kind of guy that works at Starbucks and tells you he's going to give you a double shot of espresso and doesn't give you nothing. <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, it It's... It's wild, and I feel like his playing partners, some people are just a little too non-confrontational. I think I so. I mean, if yeah. this dude is outright cheating, somebody's got to say something. Yeah. I mean, you've got to walk up. You've got to look him in the eye man-to-man and say, dude, no, your ball is not in the hole. That yeah. is not what happened. Nope, sorry, that is not your tee shot. Yeah. Like, sometimes you, you have to be a little bit of an asshole, but you're protecting the entire field when somebody's right. cheating like that. That's right. In, in, in not just the field. You're protecting all the other players' future. I mean, to, for him to cheat like this in a pre-qualifier yes. for the PGA Tour, for the Corn Ferry Tour, yeah. that's ridiculous. I mean, this is guys grinding I mean, out, trying to make a career out of playing he's golf. He's messing with other people's families. He's messing with other people's lives. You know who yeah. I think this guy finessed more than anyone? Was his sponsors. It got, apparently has sponsors out there funding him, and he's faking hole in one. Wow. wow. Unbelievable. I feel bad for those people. What's his name again? Uh, let me get the, the last name is Moraz. Let me get the first name right. Whoever plays in my group, I, dude, I'll this, call him this out. This story is so long. I have to scroll up so far. I was going to say, this is, you're it's scrolling just, through a novel here. Uh, Matt say his Moraz. name. Matt Moraz. Scumbag. Yeah. If, if Matt was playing today, he'd have shot 26 under. <laughs> at, least, at least one hole in one. Right. He probably would have made it on eight where they were doing the contest. Uh, oh. Well, no, there was somebody watching. Well, he'd have oh. told her to trust him. He made yeah. it. Oh, here's the part I left out of the story, guys. So whenever they're having that rules meeting, they got in SUVs basically at night and drove out to the spot on the hole where the guy's ball was in the hazard <laughs> to figure out, okay, well, your ball was here, but you said it was here. And the spotter was out there said, no, I literally saw his ball go here, and he hit it here. So that was yeah. a, another element of the story. Good for pretty... the spotter for being for that? knowing what happened and speaking I like up, that. too. The spotter, Good does on it the say spotter. the spotter's name? Uh, if it we got to give him credit. If it does, I missed it somewhere. Yeah, uh, let's give him an honorary trophy for whoever he allowed to get through because this I'm guy like, got kicked out. I'm like... I'm like, T-Dub, I read this whole article, too, and normally I won't read like that. Are you kidding me? It's long. But this one was fascinating because I'm the more I read, I go, no way, no way. But they didn't give us a spot. <laughs> and it kept, and it kept getting crazier and crazier. Right? Well, do you have any cheating stories from guys back in the day? You know, I never – I can't tell you that I actually played with somebody that I had to call their hand. We've, we've had situations where, you know, where the ball cross. Right. We've had some different discussions about that. I guess the worst I had was my rookie year on tour where a guy that was kind of a – his name was Jack Ferenz, and he was just a hanger-on type of guy, and we were playing in Hawaii, and we had metal spikes, and he kept tearing the greens up. Oh. And we were one of the first groups off. Well, I kept tapping him down after I did it, and right. four or five holes into the round, he came up to me, and he goes, hey, what are you doing? And I said, what do you mean? And he goes, why are you tapping down all the spy marks? And I said, well, I mean – Dude, you need to learn how to walk better. I said, I mean, you're, you're not doing a very good job here. And he goes, well, don't do that. Don't do it again. When I If I if I make a spike mark, don't tap it down. Well, th- what people don't know about me is I'm, I, I, I'm 6'2", and I'm probably 200 and too many pounds. And 
and and when I was on tour, I was a little lighter, but I was in pretty good shape. They think I'm an Oklahoma redneck, so yeah. he might have thought I had a gun in my bag. So <laughs> you can you can talk people yeah. down, and so he was not as big as I was. And I said, I tell you what, here's what we're gonna do. I'm gonna tap this down. And if you got a problem with it, we'll just set these clubs down. We're going to go over that green. I'm going to whip the shit out of you. <laughs> was like, this in the 80s? This was 90, 1990 at, 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 out there in Honolulu okay. at, at Twilight. And, and I mean, my caddy. a nice peaceful day in yeah, Hawaii. My, my caddy was just like, oh, my God. And I can't even remember. I wish I could remember who all I play with besides the guy I'm getting ready to fight. Because whoever the other guy was, obviously he must have told a bunch of guys on, on tour about it or in the locker room because I had countless guys. I'm just a rookie. This is my, like, first tournament, second tournament. Don't really know anybody. I don't, I don't know anybody. kicking off in the rookie season. <laughs> and they're, they're going – you're gonna do good. Don't, don't mess with the guy with the yeah. mullet. He'll yeah, beat the yeah. shit out of you. I'm just glad. I'm just glad we didn't get Woody on PGA Tour Live with a hot mic. <laughs> oh, it, it. You know what? It, it. It. That was one time I. I would. You know, ready to fight. But That's I was. Wild. But I was like what Colby said. I've always played golf. That it's not just about me. Yeah. It's the field. The field. And this guy's tearing up those spike marks, something fierce, where it was going to – the ball hit it. It was Bermuda grass. It wasn't near like we put on now. Right. It was – these were craters he and, was And the fact out. that he told you not to fix them makes oh, yeah. it seem like he was doing it intentionally to make it harder for the guys behind you. Well, hello, yeah, Colby. Yeah, that's what he yeah. was doing, yeah. That's exactly what he was did, doing. Did he admit that that's what he was doing? Or uh, is he that didn't just, have to. He didn't have to, yeah. He didn't yeah. have to. Yeah. He just told me, you quit tapping those down. Yeah. And yeah. I said, well, no, I'm not. Because yeah. they changed the rule with the new rules, but – you didn't used to be able to tap down spike marks, but Nothing. once you finish the hole, you can tap it down, correct? Right. You could then. But but everybody with metal spikes, let me tell you something. You know, if that was right in a guy's line when he hit it up there, he's done. Yeah. I mean, it's like Plinko. These were, these were an inch, two inches high. I mean, he cool. would twist wow. his foot. That's one of the things you don't see on the PGA Tour is the unwritten code of little things that guys do to help each other. Like, yep. like the spike mark thing is an example of it. Yeah. Right? I mean, you – they still do it, even though you can tap down spike marks. Watch a PGA Tour tournament. After they put the flag in the hole, they're all tapping down spike marks. Or yeah. after they get yeah. their ball out of the hole, they're well, tapping and, and down And another spike thing marks. that, you know, all the pros are aware of that most amateurs aren't, you, you know, walking through a guy's line whenever you're putting, you don't walk through the through line either. No. Right. Guy, guy hits a good putt, it runs two feet by, don't want to have to be putting through the Grand Canyon coming back because everybody's stepping all around the back of the hole. Most amateurs just well, don't know that. Most of the guys I play with at the Greens, they have no idea. They no. just, as long as they're not in your line, they're just step all around well, the hole. Well, Woody, tell me if I'm wrong, but I mean, you're going to get on a, for lack of a better term, like a shit list with all the other guys if you do things like that. And you're not going to oh, be, you yeah. know, respected Work. by other players. No, well, this guy wasn't like he was going to get in the that, that favorite player award. Right. I mean, <laughs> no pain steward no, award. No, he was... Like I said, he was a kind of a fringe player that was just a hanger on yeah. guy, and he was a lot older than I was. And that's what – those are the guys that are probably the biggest jerks right. are not the successful guys. It's the guys trying to keep their job, and they, they, they'll do anything to keep that job. And I don't blame them. You know, playing PGA Tour might be one of the best jobs in the world, and it gets better every day, you know. So uh, those are the guys I used to have the most trouble with. It wasn't the superstars. The superstars were always good to me, but the – the fringe guys were always – they always had something up their sleeve to try to – Right. You know, a little gig here, a little gig there. Right. I was either too stupid to know anything or just didn't care. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know who does care greatly? 
Quail Creek Bank, they care about you. They are like a family. Their customers are part of that family. Woody, I know that you know the great people over at Quail Creek Bank. Uh, it's absolutely who our, our good listeners need to go see. They'll take care of you. Without a doubt. You know, they, they I've said all along how friendly they are. And, and you know, you, you talk about banks. Everybody's got a bank. Uh, if you're not happy with yours, do yourself a good favor. Go do it. Go, go, go in there and meet them, and I think you might – Heading up with a new bank. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff. Go see our good friends at Quell Creek Bank, 122nd and North May here in Oklahoma City. Uh, all right, fellas. Should you stay or should you go? The live list. The moment we've all been yep. waiting for. The uh, making a list, checking it twice, uh, and then checking it a couple more times because everybody's got a source who has a source who has a source. But now we're getting some, some finite concrete details that are coming out after yesterday's tour championship. Before we do this, T-Dub, do you, I know you had it pulled up in the break. Do you have the schedule for live coming up pulled Absolutely. up? Absolutely. Absolutely, I do. I know, I know so, the next one's this week. Yeah, right, so this obviously. week, September 2nd through 4th. By the have, way, for anyone that listened to the radio show the other day, I made a mistake. I said it was October 2nd. I meant September okay. 2nd. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Misspeak. Yeah, it can happen. So, that, September 2nd through 4th, we have Boston. Um, September 16th through 18th, we're playing at Rich Harvest Farms in Chicago. Then we leave the United States, so we go all the way to Bangkok, Thailand, one of the best places in the world, October (laughs) 7th through the 9th. It is. Then we go... (laughs) Then the very next week, guys, uh, usually we have a break in between these live events, but we're going back-to-back weeks. This is the one that's going to be in Saudi Arabia. So that's going to be, I think, very interesting to see. When is that one? Uh, That is October 14th through the 16th. Okay. So to see how the uh, media reaction is to that will be pretty interesting. Then in two weeks, I believe, yep, they go to... Uh, Miami. That's the one that's at uh, Trump, uh, at Trump Durant. Yeah. Last, yeah. uh, last week of October? Yep. Uh, October 27th through 30th. And that's so match play. And so that, yes. And so that'll end the day before uh, Halloween. Okay. So, uh, so we do have some new names that are, are for sure. We got the names confirmed. It was uh, Cam Smith. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Cam Smith, Joaquin Neiman. Those are the two big ones. Mm-hmm. There was also Mark Leishman, uh, Harold Varner the third. Yes. Cameron Tringali, who was my dark horse last week on the show. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> yeah, real dark horse, Colby. Yeah. Every now and then we, we randomly hear something from somebody. He, uh, after the BMW championship, he went in the merch tent and bought a flag. Cameron Tringali did to uh, commemorate his last event ever on the PGA Tour. That's how I knew that Cameron Tringali was going because he went and bought a flag because he was never going to play on the tour again. Wow. Yep. wow. So he went and got and him a little uh, a name, little memento. One name you didn't mention, Honorbon Lahiri. Lahiri. Now, is he official? Because I've seen Lahiri floated in the well, night. I thought it was confirmed, and now I don't hear it on any of like, the Golf Channel's reports. I know. So I, d- I don't know if it is or not. Um, the other one I was forgetting was Mito Pereira. Mito, Now, yeah. Mito... The expectation is that he is going to join Liv after the President's Cup because he wants to play the President's Cup. Um, so well, let's talk about that first because let me pull this up. Let me pull up the, the six guys. President's Cup is three and a half weeks. It's the 24th-ish of September, that Saturday and Sunday, that weekend. Yeah, so I, I have this international president's cup list somewhere here let me pull it the up. the automatic qualifiers you mean yeah the automatic yeah. qualifiers there's like cam smith hideki adam scott mark leishman was on there right. sung jay was on there uh i'm probably forgetting uh, so here we go cam smith hideki sung jay neiman uh tom yeah. kim Corey connors adam scott and mito so okay. i mean that takes away bad, cam honestly. smith joaquin neiman Pereira, and then Adam Scott has been rumored to go here soon. I think Adam Scott's staying based on what he said last based week. Based on what he said? He, okay. said? he said last week that he really liked the changes. Okay. For, on the PGA, the PGA what, Tour stage. But that's I mean, what Cam Young said, their, too. That's two out of their you know best three players on the team. Cam Smith, Joaquin Neiman. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, the others would probably be yeah, Sung, Sung Jae yeah. and Hideki. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I guess I guess we'll see if Mito actually ends up skipping the and next two obviously, they, they, already lost, cup, they already lost yeah. Louie and who else? Abe Answer. Abe yep, On the international yeah. side. So, I mean, okay, let's just Ortiz, look. Ortiz wouldn't have been a President's Cup, I don't think. He, he would have been right now so. for sure because... Really? All right, so let's just take this out, right? So we listed off those top eight. Here's the guys from 9 through 12. We have KH Lee, Eric Van Royen, Sebastian Munoz, and Adam Hadwin. Okay. So then we're going to throw out Cam Smith, Neiman, and is that it? Is that the only two that are automatic qualifiers? Uh, that was are Leishman wasn't on there, was he? Leishman's, are, Leishman's already been taken off of you. Mito so Pereira. I, okay, gotcha. Nope, Leishman's down here at 17. Is oh, Leishman. Is. Well, Leishman had a really bad year. So Pereira. Okay, so we got three of those, right? So then let's go to the next three after that. We have Ryan Fox, Mackenzie Hughes, and Harry, who's mentioned, so let's yep. just go below that. My boy C. Bezel on there. How is my, C. Bezel low? My man C. Bezel does he not. He had a bad year. He, did, he, played, he played so bad this year. He does not deserve to be on this rider. Or on C. This was way down there, too. C. was lower than Lucas Herbert. Which, by the way, I always, seeing the Australian flags next to Ryan Fox and Lucas Herbert, I always think of those guys as Euros because they've played so much on the DP World Tour. I, yeah. I agree. But, guys. You take these guys off the international team, it's a horrible team. It's actually, it it's, it's going to get demolished by the United States. It's, it's not going to be yeah, close. Get well, they're going to get, yeah, totally boat the, raced. The only way it doesn't is that the United States just comes out so flat and says, oh, well. Where's that, Quahala, right? Quahala, yeah. Yep. And guys, I mean, the President's Cup has always not meant much compared to the Ryder Cup. This year, it's not going to mean anything. And if the PGA Tour was smart, you let the live guys play. The Ryder Cup doesn't let the live guys play. And the President's Cup becomes bigger than the Ryder Cup. What are they thinking? It's, I, I, I think that they're thinking one unified message because I think that they're worried that they Unified would, message to what? Making golf worse? No, I'm, I'm just saying the PGA Tour, like if they're kicking guys out of their tournaments, I think that, that they're in their offices and they're like, look, if we let them play in the President's Cup, then everybody's going to hammer us and say, okay, so they can't play in your tour events, but whenever you need them to bolster your team event, you're going to let them in. I, I think that... That's why they're not letting them in the team stuff because they don't want to get ripped for what people would call, I don't know, a double standard, a poxy, or whatever you call it. I think they're just basically saying, we have one clear message. If you go, you're not involved in any of our stuff. That way, nobody can say that they're picking and choosing. Right. You know what I mean? But, I mean, we heard Jay Monahan say, you know, last week, I'm committed to the elite players or top players in the game and want to do everything I can to make them happy. No, you don't. You're banning elite players, and you're banning well, top players. If you didn't ban anybody, the game of golf would be growing, but it's being diminished by Jay Monahan and the PGA Tour's decisions on these things. Well, here's, to me. The, here's the question I have, right? Okay, like Ryan Fox on here on 13, he's probably going to get picked for this team. He's not a PGA Tour member. He's a DP World Tour member. Yeah. It's just I don't understand what is good for the game of golf to not allow these players to play the tournament, Woody. It, it makes no sense to me. Well, <laughs> see, this is why this has gotten so messed up all year long I, I i mean we don't really have a format or a playing rosters type schedule we don't know we're we're every day guys we're seeing fire from the hip fire yep. from the yep. hip fire from the hip we we just don't have a playbook yet because nobody's seen this playbook we don't know it's all new um, yeah right. jay monahan bowed up like a, a pit bull okay yeah. you know he was not gonna bow down greg norman has thrown numerous rocks okay yep. let me just say that if this is ever gonna be good for golf 
these guys must check their egos. They have to they, work together. They everybody's I feel like got it's to too come. far gone. Well, we say that. I don't think so, Cole. For who? I, it's I, too I, far I, gone I, for the PGA Tour side, I, not I for live. I don't think. I don't think it's too far gone. I think there's been a lot of nasty things said, but if if these guys can act like adults, they can all get together in a room, and they can talk about what's the best way for us to come out of this. Okay, and. Jay Monahan's going to have to be able to say, I'm willing to listen. Greg Norman for sure is going to have to back out a little bit, back down. I don't see a world where Greg Norman and Jay Monahan and the gentleman with the DP tour, my brain went dead. Keith Pelly. Keith Pelly, yeah. I don't see a world where all three of them make it. And they all can check their egos and get along? Not, they're not all going to get what they want. I, it's going to be really God, difficult. It, it, here's a question. All right, so we just talked about that, right? You mentioned three, three heads of this table are going to make decisions. If we got all the players from each tier involved in trying to make some decisions, don't you think we could get something worked out? Well, I, I think you're going to have to have a player's board. There is a player's board meeting. Uh, I mean, uh, there's a group of guys on the PGA Tour. The, the players, players' advisory There's Tiger Woods advisor and his counselor. followers. Well, basically, you have one advisor of players, and that's Tiger. Yeah. Okay? Right. And I said even on our radio show the other day, John Rahm's already got his feelers hurt. Yep. Because he point blank said, well, yeah, why don't you ask the yeah, two? Yeah, I'm not yeah. playing why, 20 events. Yeah, why don't yeah. you ask those two guys that are running yeah, this he, whole Yeah, he sounded yeah. very kind he, of butthurt he, about he, it. He Ra- Rom, butthurt. Rom has been interesting because Rom has been very vocally committed to the PGA Tour. Right. But Rom has also said, I really want to play with Sergio in Ryder Cups. And Rom also said that the new 20-event minimum for a PGA Tour and, is going to be a bit of an ask for Europeans not, is the way he worded it. Let's not forget it. where Rom stands before all of this. I mean, Tim Mickelson was his head coach at yeah. Arizona State. Yeah. And, and then him and Phil are Tim, close. And then Tim yeah. Mickelson left head coaching at Arizona State to go be John Rom's manager. So, I mean, I would not be surprised to see John Rom. And obviously, he said he disagrees with a lot of the things that Liv was doing at the beginning. But if he continues to get pissed off watching Tiger and Rory run the show, I wouldn't be surprised to see him leave. And Rory, guys, continues to say pretty idiotic things to me and and i mean it's been colby i'm sorry to put you in a tough spot here but it's been broadcasted by the golf channel numerous numerous times because i think rory's been preaching all summer okay (laughs) right but what i'm saying is the golf channel's preaching one side of it and we just continued to hear it yesterday when he said i hate what Liv has done to the game of golf i really do it's going to be hard for me to stomach going to wentworth and seeing 18 of them there it just doesn't sit right with me I thought this is the guy wanting to grow the game of golf. He's the one saying that I can't stomach being with 18 of these guys there. And I, I think in his mind, Liv puts a black eye on the game of golf, which is why he doesn't like it. But it's also, I mean, we were just talking about John Rahm and his relationships. It's so hard for these guys because they do have friendships, right? Like we've seen Billy Horschel. Billy Horschel has come out lately just out of nowhere and just started throwing haymakers at Liv. And then Billy Horschel was asked yesterday after his round, hey, you and Cam Smith are good buddies. Do you know? Has he, has he told you whether he's going? He's like, you know, I don't know. I told him, you know, whatever. Uh, you got to make your decision. He's like, we're still going to be buddies. We're still going to go fishing and all this stuff. And it's, it's hard to separate the, the real-life relationships that exist between all of these guys and the fact that, you know, Rory feels like in his heart of hearts, 
he is doing what's best for the game of golf by, by trumpeting the PGA Tour. And I really think that, that some of these live guys, some of them are, are you know, like Cameron Tringali probably just going for money. But I think some of these guys really feel like, okay, I think I'm doing what's best here for me, what's best for the game of golf. I think I'm doing what's right here. Right. And but this, the changes that the PGA Tour have made are exactly what Phil Mickelson was calling for. And it makes me sick seeing golf media and, and people like Rory McIlroy go out there and praise the changes that the PGA Tour is making when Phil Mickelson called for it months ago. And, and now these changes are great because it's coming from Tiger Woods, and so then it's essentially coming from Jay Monahan because now you like the messenger? And now the, it, the message is the same as the message that Phil Mickelson said, and he said it in a bad way. I was going to say, they went the about whole it point, in very different yes, ways. But, but they ripped him, for and they twisted basically what he was saying and, and tried to minimize his point. His point was... Let's make these changes to the PGA Tour and give the players what they deserve. And they focused on the politics of what Phil said. And I think that we have to look back on that situation and we all have to feel sorry for Phil Mickelson because now Tiger I, I Woods sorry for Phil. Tiger Woods goes in and <laughs> says exactly what Phil Mickelson wanted to do. And now he's the hero. And he is literally in two partnership deals and, and contracts, not only with PGA Tour 2K, but with the TGL now as well, that he's been working on for months. And now he looks like a good guy coming in saying basically exactly what Phil said, except for the politics of the situation. Colby, the question I got to ask you since you're the main tour supporter here. Yep. How do you defend the tour? Come, they made these changes, right? But the fact that they made them so fast, does that not show that they've been hoarding all this money forever and just now that they got competition is why they change? Yeah, look, I, I don't know. The money stuff, how big of a reserve that they've had, is this what they were keeping the reserve for? I don't know where all the money's coming from. As far as the, the Phil thing, the reason I don't feel bad for Phil is because I truly think Phil, a year ago, could have called a players-only meeting. I think Phil could have gotten the 20 or 25 top guys in the game of golf in a room and said, we need to go to Monaghan and we need to tell him this is what needs to happen now. You need to take care of your players or golf's going to get split. And well, Phil, hold on, hold on. But if Phil you decided believe, to use the Saudis as leverage instead. Yes, Phil, after, no, after the Saudi, after the live, it wasn't even live back then. But after they came to the PGA Tour and said, we just want to run the fall schedule. That's all we want to do. That's a rumor that I've heard, by the way. I don't want anybody saying that it's the gospel truth because I wasn't there. But if you believe this rumor that they came to the PGA Tour and said, we want to run your fall schedule and we want to do things to benefit the players and they couldn't come to a money agreement and then we have to focus on all the politics of the situation to diminish the fact that Jay Monahan made the biggest mistake of any commissioner in the history of sports. He almost ran the PGA Tour, the third biggest sport in the United States, in, into the ground. When you well, when you say the biggest mistake in modern sport, what like what are you referencing as the biggest mistake? I'm I, saying that the NBA, the NFL, Major League Baseball has never been ran into the ground as much as Jay Monahan over the past years ran the PGA Tour into the ground. And diminished its product, but his quote is, I want to grow the game and take care of the top players. No, you are literally banning players, banning top players, which is diminishing the level of play. But but he has but, to take care of the PGA Tour, too. I mean, he, it, it is a business. But the PGA Tour is a nonprofit organization that well, just but, came up with all this money. 
He was not. He doesn't want to take care of the PGA Tour. He's taking fourteen million dollars away I mean, from the PGA n- Tour. Nonprofit doesn't mean you don't make money. No, no clearly. I mean, he's making fourteen million dollars. <laughs> oh, Woody, I got to ask you, right? So let's say let's say this did take place, right? Because you were a, a tour player back in the day. As we saw the day with your great swing, it was all there. So let's just say they wanted to have these talks about getting the fall schedule set up. With live, is that all going to be done by the commissioner at that point, or are the players going to have much say in what goes forward in something that would be that big? Well, you you, you got to have the players involved in it. That that, and that's why we've laughed about this a number of times. It, it it's the players' tour. The PGA Tour is not owned by Jay Monahan. It is owned by the PGA players. Those guys own the PGA Tour. He is nothing more than a commissioner which they can fire him or hire him at will. They can do whatever they want with him as a commissioner. And so they that that's what we have to realize. I think I think one thing that we have all been capable of in this and it's where our society is in a lot of ways we don't want to unify. Yeah. We, gotta have, gotta we want people, we want people fighting all the time. You just turn it, on the news. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's what we going. want. We, we, that and shame on us all. I mean, shame on us all that we fight over something that could be so basically fixed. No, and you're I, right. I really and, believe and, that. And it's everybody. Like, it's look not, at our no, ratings. Our, our ratings for our biggest shows. I'll just tell the people straight up. Our biggest ratings come when Colby and I argue about Liv. Yeah. No, I'm being dead serious. It, it is what's, but, it, it's what what's like. best for But what's best for golf as a whole is for the PGA Tour to work with Liv. But they refuse to do it, right? Well, I, just, I, don't, I don't know how it could possibly work with them working together because Liv wants to host 14. Well, if guys still have to play, the PGA Tour still has to have guys playing their events. I There's just not enough hours in the day. There's not enough weeks in the year for for all of the high level players to do both, I just, you can't do both. There's not a, there's just not enough weeks. You can't do both the way they Hold want. On. They can't do both the way Hold they're on. saying right but, but, now. But Colby, I thought that you were the guy telling trying to tell us not you specifically, but you did tell us that the John Deere Classic is better than the live events. Well, to me, the PGA Tour just goes and and says to heck with the John Deere Classic, to heck with the Honda, to heck with all these smaller events. We're gonna have you know twelve giant events the majors in our playoffs and so to me they are literally copying what Liv did and and basically saying yeah the John Deere Classic didn't mean anything but I thought that they were the same people trying to tell us that those tournaments were better than you know what Liv Liv's product is. well I mean when I said the John Deere Classic was better that that was literally just for me what I want to watch because I I'm a nerd and I like watching the grinders right. I, I like watching the last week of the season I love watching Justin Lauer with a six-footer on 18 to keep his card. I love that stuff. A lot of people don't. You know what most people like to watch? Most people like to watch Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler within a shot of each other on the back nine. And I like that too, but I'm just a super nerd who likes it all. Um, Yeah, I mean, some of those events are going to, they're going to take on a different role. And like the John Deere Classic moving forward, it's probably going to cater even more to like super deep golf nerds like me because it's not going to be the big names. It's going to be exclusively the grinders. Because just to let people know, what we're looking at next year is having two giant events on the PGA Tour and two, if Liv was smart, they wouldn't go up against the giant events on the PGA Tour. Oh, surely they won't. They yeah, won't. right. And yeah, so they they'll schedule off month, the John Deere Classic. So yeah. two, month, two weeks per month, we'll have two big Liv events and two big PGA Tour events. And the rest of the time, it's just going to be like minor league golf. 
I mean, that's a lot of good golf, though. Well, it, I understand of, that, but how much better would it be if we combine those fields? But think back, think back to where the PGA Tour. I'm I'm dating myself. It used to be sixty guys were exempt. That was it. Everybody yeah. else was a rabbit that qualified on Mondays. And, <laughs> By the way, these new rabbit. tournaments, it's rumored that these new big tournaments on the PGA Tour are going to be 60 players, but that hasn't been confirmed yet. Okay, yeah. well, that's what, what it used to be. And you could get to the PGA Tour, but you had to go through qualifying school. And the qualifying school wasn't 108 holes in three different events at the time. That was just the only way the PGA Tour. Then Gary McCord came along and said, no, that's not enough. We need 125 guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then that kind of started molding into what we have is, you know, 30, 40 really, really good players. Mm-hmm. And then 70 guys or 80 guys that were not bad. Please don't get me wrong. Right. If you're on the PGA Tour, you can golf your ball. Um, but it became then, well, now how are we going to get all these guys to get play every, the weeks we want? And they couldn't. They couldn't because right. they, they're not going to get that. So what we're, what we're watching now with Lib being thrown into the doggone circle is now we've got 45 guys or 50 guys going over to them, which not all 50 are the top 50 on the PGA Tour, no, right. but it dents them. Right. And it, 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 it makes both tours a little bit less than what they really could be. So what I was trying to say earlier, to unify it, and and Colby thinks ah, there's no way they they we've 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 pissed too many people off we've ruined too many bridges but I don't agree with that I think anybody can well you, well you can fix all kinds of issues if you just sit down and act like gentlemen and and they go through it but I think in the perfect world there is going to be a hundred to seventy five of the world's best that are going to play hopefully 20 different events that mm-hmm. everybody's yep. name is out there. What do we all get excited about? Four tournaments a year, really. Yeah. Four uh, majors. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, and if we could get 20, that's cool. 20 of them, that's enough. I don't, yeah. I don't need to be sitting at home watching golf every day. I mean, I really don't. No. But if I got four majors I love to watch, and then I get another 15, 16 golf tournaments, anyway, I get to 20 events that I think are really exciting – yeah, and then I think that keeps everybody in golf and going good and good. Well, let's just say there is an emerger, and let's just say we live in this world where they, the two tours can coexist. So let's say one week that there's not a big tour event. we got a live event, so we can watch Phil, DJ, Cam Smith, Bryson, Brooks, Abe Answer, T. Gooch, Patrick Reed, all these different guys. Then the next week, let's go to the PJ Tour. Let's watch, let's watch Tiger if he can come back. Let's watch Rory, JT, Cam Young, all these great guys. I think it's. I think we can live in a world where these two tours, yeah. where these two tours coexist. I think it's very, very plausible. My question, and I kind of want to steer this conversation in a different way because I'm curious to get Colby's thoughts on it because we've heard for so long, Colby, that Cam Smith is going to live that I think that it kind of diminished yesterday when we were today when we heard that it's confirmed that yep. Cam Smith is going to live because that is a massive deal. That is the last major champion that the PGA Tour is losing. The, the reigning major champion that the PGA and, Tour and the players, is losing. And the players so champion. my question here, Colby, is from my perspective, it's just a matter of time before Liv gets official world golf ranking points because you can't have major winners in your tournament and numerous major winners in your tournament and not get official world golf ranking points. And from my perspective, I feel like, yes, it might not meet the requirements. It might because of the Hero World Challenge. But regardless, it, something's going to have to change because you can't have 
you know, Cam Smith playing 14 events out of the year that he doesn't get any credit for. Here's my question. By the time they get him, because it's in, it's in the bylaws, you have to meet the criteria for a year, right? So, like, Greg Norman is, is coming out, and he's like, give us world ranking points today. They can't give them but world ranking different. points today. But why not? Because this is something that I don't is know. totally but different. I, so you I have to make an exception, know. right? I honestly don't. It's in no, the I'm rules. Asking, I'm asking if you were making the decision, would you make an exception? I mean, if you do it for them, then who's the next tour that comes along that you have to do it for? When the PGL pops up and decides they want to do something, do you have to immediately do it for the PGL? Why don't you just worry about that when another tour comes along and gets 30 guys that are top players? Yeah, I mean, I, I just basically my point was if it takes a year, let's say they do get world ranking points, but they don't get it until, let's say, January 1st, 2024. They get world ranking points right. January 1st of that year. By that point, are all the guys on live going to be so low in the world rankings that it's hard for them to climb right. in their well, own and that's events. why we see guys like Cam Young not going. Well, and that's what I was going to say. So here's my super hot take for the day. I think Liv and the PGA Tour are both fairly happy today. Yeah. Liv got Cam Smith. Liv got Joaquin Neiman. Yesterday was a huge day for the PGA Tour, I have to say. Yeah, yeah. It, it, Having Rory McIlroy win the FedEx Cup, that's huge. It was a culmination. For the PGA Tour, yeah. that's massive. It was a culmination of the summer of Rory, right? Yeah. It was storybook for the PGA Tour. But Liv gets Cam Smith and Joaquin Neiman. Huge day. The, the PGA That's Tour. That's what I was kind of saying yeah. as far as like, <laughs> we've known that for so long. Yeah. But yesterday or today, whichever one you want to say, Cam going to live, that's massive. Just uh, also, as big as Rory winning the FedEx Cup. Number two in the world. Uh, Probably bigger. Also, I do think that there is a very real burnout just among the golf world and golf fans of live news and live rumors and stuff. Because, I mean, it has been. It's been a whole season of rumors and news and money and contracts and lawsuits. And I think people is are just burnout, exhausted though? with it all. I don't think so. I feel like the people th- on the PGA Tour side are exhausted because they've just they diminished it at the start, and now it all hit them all at once. Well, I think that we just had – it's been, like Colby said, it's been so eventful, right? There's been so many news come left, right, left, right. It seems to not stop. So, I mean, even guys like us, man, you can get overwhelmed with some of the news. Oh, and, I know. We'll have shows, and we don't even know where to begin. And, and what's been so hard about, at least for us, is to tell what's actually confirmed, who's confirmed going, and who's just rumored. We're, right. we're going to start – I know that it's just seven for Boston, but we're going to start hearing more confirmed rumors and all this stuff. There's going to be a lot more uh, confirmation instead of rumors throughout the off-season, quote-unquote. The quote-unquote off-season. By the next PGA Tour event starts in 17 days. Right. So enjoy your off-season, yeah. travel, spend some time with your family, 17 days uh, until the next PGA Tour Out season. Napa. And there's still golf going on, by the way, while the PGA Tour is off. Finals yeah. of Corn Ferry Tours this weekend. Guys are playing for cards. Where uh, is LPGA that event, by is still the way? going up. Uh, where is Corn Ferry this week? Is that the Scarlet Course? Uh, I think no. it is. Yeah. I think it is. Give if it a Google, Taylor. But I, one, it is. It is the last one, It is the last one, yes. it's the last one, it's always at that yeah. Scarlet yeah. Course. And by the way, and this is just the golf nerd in me, Norman Zhang found his game. No, it's, it's at Victoria National. That's okay. an awesome golf course. Okay, yeah. Okay. And, and by the way, I don't know and, if anybody um, else cares that Norman Zhang found his Indiana. game. But it is the last one. He found yes. his game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Norman Jean, college assassin at Oregon. Oh, yeah. Just unbelievable number one player in the country for like three straight years and then turned professional and just couldn't find the bottom of the cup. And now he's back. Yep. Weird game. Golf. Weird game. But yep. Colby, yeah. I enjoyed it today. I did too. We this haven't been great. able to do this in person <laughs> oh, in a long time. Oh, this was such a great day. Well, and it's so much easier to stop about and, and to talk about this stuff in person because you're not having to stop and oh, say, okay, yeah. you go. Okay, you go. Yeah. And so, no, it's been great being out. It was great playing golf and – 
Recording the pod, hanging out with Woody. The collaborative effort Woody. today, yeah. not only on the golf course but on the podcast, has just been phenomenal. Yeah, oh, great, great stuff. Woody. I got to see a hole out from ninety yards. I don't see that every day. We got we got pretty high too. <laughs> I, Woody, was it uncomfortable? I've seen a lot of that. Was it uncomfortable doing the podcast not from your ATV? <laughs> you know, I haven't had to fight with my dog. I haven't. I, I've no. Chickens. I really, and I haven't. My chickens aren't clucking. And the other thing is, I haven't been sitting in my ATV looking around, going, "Gosh, I gotta go get that done. I gotta go get that done." No, your your living room. I'm I'm pretty daggum comfortable. Would you yep. mind telling Reagan I'm just gonna stay a little longer? <laughs> All right, I'll let her know. Okay. Sounds like a plan. Great stuff. That's. Uh, I've got uh, OSU game this week, and then birthday weekend. So I'm, I'm probably out on a second show this week. Are y'all previewing live or, or taking a few days? off after the after the grind no we're definitely previewing living on our next show colby by the way i am going to go back and write down all of our predictions from our start of the year show we did before hawaii and and i'm gonna go back and see what all our great predictions were i don't think there's gonna be many of those i think that they're mostly gonna be terrible predictions you know what's funny I think one of my predictions was that Taylor Goose will make it to East Lake for the first yeah, and time. And I think one of my predictions any, was, any, Colby, and I think one of my predictions was Roy McIlroy is going to have a huge year, which is funny because which? I've just been well, I mean, I think I was right on that, but yeah, yeah. but I've just kind of been against Rory also. Right. Right. Well, I mean, so, you're just on the opposite side. That's just how it we'll, goes. We'll talk does. about that next show as well. That'll uh, be that'll be fun. And then by the way, for the radio show, the 73rd hole radio show, we'll have our last one this Sunday. On September 4th, right? 4th, yeah, this so Sunday. September 4th. Last Sunday take, before uh, NFL season. Take, take, take a football break. Yeah, on 98.1 FM, the sports animal. We'll have that from 10 to 11 as always. And then that'll kick back up once we hit like January and, and before Hawaii. the uh, yeah, tour. Or, Tournament, Tur- of, tournament cha- of qualifiers. Tournament of, of qualifiers. champions that is now just tournament of qualifiers. Yeah, not enough champions, so we've got the tournament of qualifiers uh, happening out at Kapalua. One more big thanks to Tyler Marks and his crew. Yes, Hashtag EndALZ, tackling Alzheimer's, raising money for research, uh, all the money going to the right places. They do it right. Hashtag EndALZ. Uh, have another one next year. I think next year it's in September, so just kind of keep your eyes out uh, if you're a golfer in the metro area. This was truly a great event. Uh, everybody did it right. Nobody, Weather held off. N- nobody came Weather in. Held off. Nobody came in 27 under wearing jeans like you see in a lot of these things uh so it was a great day uh shout out to the folks at end alz for putting on an amazing event guys it was a lot of fun thanks everybody for joining us and listening once again to the 73rd hole the official podcast of golf oklahoma